everyone and welcome to Go Global podcast series, the show that addresses the importance of think globally and act locally. I'm your host, Ellen Wang from Leeds University Business School. Today, I'll be continuing the discussion on globalization with Mersol, who's graduated from economics at Leeds University Business School in 2015. I'm really excited to have Mersol on the show because of her inspiring journey and what she's achieved so far. Mersol is a multi-award winning entrepreneur, an innovator, someone who wants to make a positive impact within the society, for which she was awarded MBE for. I cannot wait to hear more about her journey and discussing the importance of globalization. So welcome, Mersol, and thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Ellen. Thank you so much for inviting me. Great. And I think a really good place to start today, Marcel, is for you to tell us a little bit about yourself, please. And, you know, who you are and uh, tell us about your journey. Uh, for sure. So I, my name is Marcel Hedayat. Um, I am the CEO of a company called Chatterbox, which I founded um, a few years after graduating from my degree in economics from the University of Leeds Business School. Um, my company is a language learning platform for um, professionals and companies. Um, but what's really unique about how we do things at Chatterbox is that all of our language coaches are refugees and other talented people from marginalized backgrounds who are taking their first step back into the labor market after um, career breaks. Um, so we're in a really um, important position in the economy today, both within the expansion for demand and need for language learning, but also the need for um, solutions to the economic disruptions that are going to unfold over the next decade. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that. So just follow up on that. I'm really interested to learn a bit more on what inspired you to start your business at Chatterbox. Can you tell us a bit more on that, please? For sure. So after graduating, I completed a postgraduate program called Year Here based in London. And Year Here touches actually on one of the themes of globalization, uh, which is to kind of think locally, right? About, but, but also aim for, for potentially global impact. Um, Year Here is a, is a program to train in social entrepreneurship. Uh, there have been many great companies other than Chatterbox that have graduated from it. Um, but the, I know the founder, Jack, pretty well. And for him, the reason he started Year Here for, you know, uh, British people and, and, you know, have a go at solving local problems is because of what he describes as the reductive seduction of other people's problems. You know, when people graduate from university, often their first thought is to go abroad to other parts of the world and, you know, solve other, you know, other countries' problems, which they probably don't even understand very well. There's a there's a reductive seduction, so to speak, about trying to solve the third world problems. And I think a lot of people fall into that trap and get into international development when they really want to have an impact. Um, whereas year here kind of refocuses that energy and enthusiasm towards solving local problems. Um, you know, the UK is experiencing, you know, one of the greatest disparities in incomes in its history. Um, huge levels of poverty, especially child poverty, huge, uh, you know, social disruptions, um, real caused by real issues or otherwise, um, you know, related to race, related to, you know, refugees and migration. There are so many problems that we face in society today, in Britain today. 
um, that need our full attention and that we as Brits have a kind of competitive advantage in solving rather than other people's problems in other countries around the world. So it was on that program that, um, you know, I, I trained in, in, in some of the toolkit, uh, toolkits of social entrepreneurship, but also that I started to think locally about the impact that I could have. Great, thank you. And I think that's a really good observation because, you know, people don't normally think about and talk about uh, issues that happened in developed country. Um, so I think that's really good um, observation. Just going back to Chatterbox that you talked about, it's, it's an organization that mainly focused on languages, right? So you talked about this. Now, my question is, in your opinion, why is learning a different language really important? Uh, what do you think is the power of languages? I mean, just from a pure economic business perspective, languages are kind of critical to business expansion, successful business expansion. Um, almost every business today has a global market. Um, the world's never been more connected. And especially given, you know, innovations like e-commerce and, um, you know, online remote working or, or SaaS products, um, you know, the initial market for, for many different types of businesses is global. So if you only think locally in terms of your demand, if you only have skill sets that allow you to connect with customers in your local region, then you're going to be at competitive disadvantage to companies that are thinking globally and do know how to connect with, um, you know, uh, hugely expanding markets uh, in Asia or in Africa and so on. So I think language learning is critical for business exports, but it's also really important um, for, you know, intra-team communication. Um, English is becoming the dominant language around the world. Um, many people who speak English as a second language need extra support in order to be able to contribute fully to their teams. Um, and in teams that speak other languages as well, uh, you know, one of our clients is a big French bank and most of the senior managers speak French. Um, so for an employee who doesn't speak French, they feel like they're at a disadvantage for promotions and so on for not speaking their language. Um, so there's an, there's, you know, important dynamics within teams, which are increasingly diverse and multicultural, um, and also a growing demand and a growing need for businesses to think globally in terms of their businesses and language learning supports both of these things. Absolutely. So you talked about competitive advantages and you shared, uh, you know, some of your journey from your inspiration to setting up Chatterbox. So I wanted to know, um, it sounds like you, you still have a huge plan for Chatterbox. Can you tell us what is the big vision for Chatterbox, please? The big vision for Chatterbox is to build Grand Central Station for talent that's been displaced from the labor market. I think it's one of the most important problems to solve for the next decade, how we reintegrate talented professionals back into work after they've had a shock or a career break, whether that's because they're refugees or because their industry has been disrupted through automation. This is a really important to solve. It's much bigger than the refugee population, which Chatterbox initially sought to support. Um, our first step in that is being the preferred employer of this talented cohort of tens of millions of degree educated people who are out of work right now and who will become out of work over the next decade. So language learning is one step towards that broader vision of, you know, being the preferred employer and the preferred um, kind of director of, of displaced talent. And OK, so I'm just going to dig a little bit deeper onto that. And have you got any plans on how you are going to achieve that? What's what's the next step? So over the last 12 months, um, 
after raising a small round of investment, um, Chatterbox has, you know, been growing at more than kind of uh, 30% month on month. So we've had quite a sustained period of growth. Um, our language learning programs or our language learning platform is now the, the provider for some of the world's largest companies and teaches, you know, lots of professionals around the world. Um, but what's really interesting is that because companies see us with our belief and our commitment to hiring talent from diverse and marginalized communities, the companies we sell our language learning services to are also starting to look a bit differently at refugees and you know mothers returning to work and so on, the people that we hire in our language learning programs. So actually this year for the first time, we're going to actually open access to our own recruitment pipeline to companies to hire from the absolutely extraordinary talent that Chatterbox uh, comes into contact with. Um, and that's going to be a bit game changing, I think, for Chatterbox to be able to offer not just, you know, immediate reintegration into freelance work, but long term careers for the for the people who we support on our platform. Great. Thank you. Um, so the next I want to move into kind of um, the the theme of our podcast is about globalization, which you talked about a little bit already. So I just wanted to know that obviously you talked a little bit about how the term resonated with you and Chatterbox, your, your company. So can you just tell us a little bit more about that um, and also the strategy? So by working with other people to make more positive impacts within the society, please. So the theme of globalization definitely resonates with me. I, I mentioned that um, year here, the program that kind of inspired Chatterbox for me took a very strong stance about the importance of solving problems that you understand. And those are the local problems that you have, but also thinking, you know, about scaling those solutions globally to benefit as many people as possible, rather than doing the reverse and going trying to solve another culture's or another community's problems and then um you know dictating to them how they should live their lives and and what's what good looks like but on another level i think that um you know chatterbox as a language learning product um helps local companies to be able to function better internationally a lot of my work and my research goes into understanding cultural intelligence as one of the core competencies for the more advanced companies and professionals in the world today. And by cultural intelligence, I mean the ability for people to work effectively across different cultural contexts. Um, you know, we had IQ, the concept of IQ came into fashion and the concept of EQ, emotional intelligence came into um, kind of common usage. But today our teams, our companies, have never been more internationalized and never been more diverse. And there are all sorts of conversations going about how to improve, you know, team collaboration and communication, given the additional challenges of people working in this more internationalized context. And I really think the language learning beyond English language learning is incredibly important to support that. Um, I really don't look forward to a world where everyone speaks English um, only. Um, there's some early evidence that in the Middle East parents are teaching their children English as a first language rather than Arabic which I think is just devastatingly depressing. Um, languages genuinely alter how you see the world and how you think um, that for everyone to start thinking and and acting the same it would just be such a loss of of global global intelligence and global 
inspiration and creativity. Um, and also it would be kind of unfair, right, for one culture to dominate so heavily around the world. So I take kind of language learning as being a real something that's really supported by the evidence as being supported for businesses, but it's also really important just socially and culturally around the world to help us transition better and more easily towards what is increasingly kind of understood to be a global world economy rather than a local one. Yeah, definitely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think language really bring people together. You know, I think in, in the context of international higher education, which is what I'm involved in, sometimes it's just one word or a couple of words that really, you know, bring people together at the opening of the, of the meeting or at the end of the meeting is just for, for, you know, for the other person to understand you appreciate their culture, you appreciate their language. But I think that's really just a start of it, you know, and I think what you do is much more beyond that. So I resonate with what you do and I, you know, and I really think this is important. Um, so I'm going to sort of bring it back to the university sense, because you talked a lot about uh, Chatterbox and your vision and your operation and strategy and, and so on and so forth. So if we were talking about from a student's perspective that our current students, what advice could you give it to our students that to develop, develop um, a global mindset, um, but to act locally? How, how do you think that they can do right now? Well, you could learn a language. Um, they are such an asset in the workplace today. Um, they really open up your career prospects outside of the UK. Um, they, you know, they broaden the mind. Um, so I would say that, you know, one of the things they could do is to use one of their elective modules to study a language. Um, it's learning a language is it's one of the most challenging things that people do um, because you have to compromise with perfection which I think a lot of especially University of Leeds students definitely probably have that being at such a you know renowned institution a lot of them are gonna not want to be half-baked in any subject but in languages you know some people know it, study it for 10 years and don't become natively proficient um, so it's, it's being okay with being half there and being okay with being challenged by conversations and still trying anyway. I think it's that sense of humility, ultimately, that breeds the empathy and understanding of an outsider in someone and that makes them a better person to work with um, across different and more challenging cultural contexts. So the simple act of learning a language and that humility of of trying and and despite finding it difficult and despite um you know having uh kind of making mistakes and so on that can be quite transformational to develop that culturally intelligent mindset that's also going to help people stand out in their careers great thank you i just want to pick up on one point which has been repeatedly shared by some of our speakers you know it's the fact that being okay not to be perfect from a different perspective you know you talked about uh, the the fact that the act of learning is a great start to a successful journey. You don't have to be perfect. And I think some of our previous speakers have also talked about that. And I really hope that message, you know, um, came through to our audience, that it's the fact that you start something that you have the, you have the willingness to learn, right? Rather than being perfect in something, because we're, we're not perfect. None of us are perfect, right? 
Definitely, especially in the context of work today. So many industries are completely new. I mean, one of the um, most kind of one of the fastest growing types of work um, in the tech sector where, where Chatterbox kind of exists is product management, which honestly, as a as a field, probably has a history spanning a decade or two. So there's no long textbooks on how to be a great product manager. And instead, you have people, you know, with a lot of humility, you know, hungry, humble and smart people just learning and developing that profession on the in the job. And that continuous learning mindset, that mindset of not requiring everything to be perfect is a really important mindset to have in, you know, the next decade, which will just be characterized by huge shifts in the types of work that are in demand. Um, so if you if, if you're okay to, you know, really push in an area that you feel is uncomfortable because it's unknown to you, um, you're going to be really successful uh, in this kind of fourth industrial revolution that we're going through right now. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for sharing that. Um, my next question is, as, as we all know, that university has been under huge pressure to better prepare students for the real world. So what advice could you give to our students who are inspired by you to start their own social enterprise after our episode of podcast? And mm. what are the main skill set do you think one should have? So I completely disagree with this idea that university should prepare people for work. University is a distinct experience to develop your, your way of thinking. It's not about training people in a profession or a vocation. I mean, a few degrees, I guess, are, but even those are much more abstract than the actual profession. So I am counter that narrative. I, I'll counter that narrative that universities should be preparing people for work. Perhaps universities should have a program post-degree that actually does that job better, teaching people how to write good emails and so on. That would be a useful addition. But, but please, I really hope that that's not the direction that university degrees go in. Um, university, my university degree, my studies in economics definitely gave me a, a decent understanding of the way the economy works. But more than anything, it taught me how to research. It taught me how to do amazing um, you know, Google searches and it taught me where to source information. It taught me um, how to learn and how to kind of uh, the, the work ethic that's needed to be successful. Um, and it definitely taught me frameworks of thinking that I use even today, but it definitely didn't teach me how to be an entrepreneur. I think um, that came from perhaps after university, it was, you know, identifying the first opportunity that seemed really aligned with what I wanted to do. And I was very lucky that that first step was year here, which is an extraordinary program um, that I highly recommend. And then going to kind of an advice, if someone does know that they are interested in entrepreneurship, is Spark still a thing at the business school? Oh, yeah, I'm very much so. Yes. There you go. So I wish if I had known I was going to become an entrepreneur earlier on, I would have absolutely used that as a resource because they have everything from kind of funding through to advice and support. So go and hit up uh, the Spark program and draw from it everything that you can. And then just like start something. <laughs> That's how you become an entrepreneur. Start something, even if it's a, like a festival, even if it's an event or a night or a, you know, just find what you find interesting and 
try to make try to make a product or a service that someone's willing to pay for and you're you're already an entrepreneur thank you I I love that Marcel I have to say you've shared some a really fresh perspective that uh, no one has shared so far and I found that really exciting um so I I love the idea that when you said during your time at the university the skills that you've obtained are more research how to learn and work ethic as opposed to skills relates to employability um i i love that so i just wanted to ask um if there are students that are kind of thinking okay if i want to be an entrepreneur i now know how to research i know my learning style i've got a good work ethic how do i then use these skills to transfer into start something on my own well thankfully you don't have to start something on your own like with programs like spark and year here and um the entrepreneurs i think it's called the entrepreneurs foundation um there's so many different programs that you can jump on accelerators incubators and so on that will help you from everything from developing ideas through to accelerating any idea that you actually have through to helping you secure investment. So if you're finding it challenging to get started, I would look at what resources are available, programs that can actually guide you through the steps. I was a part of Year Here. After Year Here, we were invested in by Bethnal Green Ventures, which has its own accelerator. Um, Chatterbox is backed by Founders Factory, which has another kind of, kind of its own way to support startups. Uh, we're backed by All Turtles, which is a startup studio based in San Francisco. And all of my learning, my entrepreneur learning came from all of these sources. So you don't have to do it alone. Like startups and um, investment in startups has grown so much that actually people really support you in helping to teach you and educate you on the steps if you don't already know them. That's a great to know as well. And I think, you know, I... I really love the bit that you said the journey isn't along that you have these supporting systems, all these organizations out there to, you know, to help along the way. Um, and I think that goes back to you saying about the research skills, right, which is really important because not many people really use that uh, skills that obtained from um, uh, attending university and really transfer that into their further career. So, yeah, I think that's really good tip. Um, as we're coming to the end, Marcel, of um, our podcast today, I think, you know, you've shared so many different things which are, are wonderful. Are there anything else that um, you wanted to share from Chatterbox perspective or your personal journey perspective? Are there any opportunities to uh, link Chatterbox with, you know, Leeds University students, let's say? Definitely. So we are just about to close another round of investment, actually. And we're going to be hiring like crazy over the next 12 to 18 months. So I would love to have a company full of Leeds University graduates to join me. Um, so if anyone is interested, then they can definitely hit me up on LinkedIn or at me on Twitter. Fantastic. So that's a great news. And thank you so much for letting us know of that opportunity. Thank you so much, Marcel. I think that 
concludes our episode today. I just, just wanted to thank you so much for joining us and your insight and sharing with your journey. I think, you know, you've shared some really fresh and interesting perspective and, you know, really understanding where you come from and how you were inspired to set up your own business and make positive uh, impact within the society. But more importantly, I think is about how you really use the skills that you've learned from university in terms of research. You know, you think that research is really just to do your assignment, to do your a thesis or dissertation, but actually it contributes so much more than just that and carrying into your future career. So on that note, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Marcel. I wish you all the best. And yeah, I look forward to seeing more of success of Chatterbox. Thank you so much. I mean, it all started at Leeds University. So thank you for the opportunities that gave me. Great, thank you. So remember, audience, if you wish to connect with Marcel, um, then please do follow her on LinkedIn or Twitter. Now, over the next few episodes, I hope to continue inviting guests to join me and share their insights on globalization and how they're tackling some of the challenges along the way. Most importantly, I want to raise the awareness and the importance of think globally and act locally. If you're interested in finding out more about this topic, please subscribe to our podcast series or if you would like to get in touch then our contact details available in the episode description until then let's go local